It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this is Raven News. Sitka is having an outbreak of kennel cough among its canine residents. The disease is fairly common in dogs, but not in the high numbers the community is seeing right now. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. I asked Dr. Tokoa Wolf how many cases of kennel cough she had treated lately. A lot. I had been on hold for a few minutes at the Sitka Animal Hospital waiting to speak with Dr. Wolf, who happened to be discharging a kennel cough patient when I called. Vets in Sitka are busy. I saw kennel cough here maybe once every three months. I would see maybe one to two cases. It wasn't something that was very common. Um, Currently, I mean, this week, I think I'm seeing anywhere between four to five a day that are coming in, and then there's a lot more calls. A dog with kennel cough may sound like they've got something stuck in their throat. The actual noise they make can really vary depending on the breed and the size of the dog and the particular bug that's causing the kennel cough. Wolf says there are a variety of bacteria and viruses that can cause kennel cough, and dogs can be vaccinated against many of them. In fact, most of her patients over the past couple of weeks are up to date on their vaccinations. But like the vaccine for human influenza, kennel cough vaccines don't always hit the bullseye. So the vaccine does protect against kennel cough, but it's not 100% similar to the human flu vaccine. But it doesn't protect against every kind of strain or bug that causes kennel cough. So I'm suspecting that it may be something that um, isn't commonly vaccinated for. Although most dogs recover just fine, kennel cough, like any respiratory infection, can be serious for some pets. Preventing the spread is really important. This is going to sound all too familiar, But it's time to shrink your dog's social bubble. The number one prevention of kennel cough is to prevent exposure. So exposure is through um, direct contact with dogs. It can also be through things like um, bulls, and it also can be airborne. So if you are worried about your dog getting kennel cough or your dog isn't up to date on their vaccines, even if your dog is fully vaccinated right now, I do recommend avoiding the dog park, avoiding mixing with unknown dogs on the trail, You know, just like we're all used to social distancing with ourselves during that time, I think that we should try and keep our dogs in a bubble at this moment to try and prevent the spread. Um, And that would be the best thing you could do for your dog. The course of kennel cough is 7 to 21 days. Wolf recommends that you keep your pet away from others for two weeks after they finish their medications. Wolf is sending samples from Sitka out for laboratory testing to try and narrow down what could be causing this outbreak. If your dog is not up to date on its vaccinations, she says it's never too late to get current. And if your dog is showing symptoms of kennel cough, you should probably check in with one of Sitka's three veterinary clinics just to rule out some other and possibly more serious cause of the cough. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Mount Edgecombe High School in Sitka is undergoing a leadership shift this summer. A new superintendent was hired to take over the state-run boarding school, and she is no stranger to the campus or to its mission of combining a rigorous academic education with deeply held cultural traditions. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. So it took a Mount Edgecombe High School me, state of Alaska me. 
So wanga atika Suzuk. My name is Suzuk. Um I am from Kigaktak or Shishma. Sitkami inunyaktunga pakmami. I live in Sitka right now. Suzuk Huntington sits at the end of a long conference table, sunlight streaming into the windows of her new corner office. From here, she can see both the Sitka skyline and students as they walk to class each morning when classes resume at Mount Edgecombe this fall. The shrubbery right outside, which I just love, at that close um, proximity to it, I couldn't see above it. So there is one exact spot (laughs) that is precisely where my um, chair is that allows me to see. She's still unpacking, but she says the first thing that went on the wall was a map above her bookshelf, highlighting the indigenous peoples and languages of Alaska. I have really tried to put more effort into saturating our environment with our native languages, and particularly the Inupiaq language. I am a second language learner of my heritage language. And I think that more we permeate the environment with it, the easier it will be to start hearing um, pieces of it, the easier it will be to remind ourselves that it is an attainable, approachable goal to get to the point where we can actually reclaim and use and understand uh, our languages. From an early age, Huntington was interested in learning about other cultures, and languages came easy to her, as did mathematics. Attending Mount Edgecombe as a student in the early 90s, Huntington began her path toward educational leadership. She remembers a project in her social studies class where they had to propose a community improvement project to their legislators, budget and all. And it was really about empowerment, It was really about um, feeling the sense that we can. We can work towards our own quality of life improvements. We can address the issues that we face um, without having to have somebody come in and teach us how or guide us through. Her experiences at Mount Edgecombe and her passion for learning about other cultures also showed her how integral it was to a person's education and sense of self. In particular, as a high school student, part of my journey included liking other people's more than my own um, because it looked cooler or more fun. Uh, And I realized... uh, Having gone through that, that really it was coming from less understanding of my own. And so I always want us, myself, everybody, to embrace and understand fully where we come from and our own. After graduating in 1994, Huntington moved back to Shishmaref because she wanted to continue her cultural education, learning how to sew and butcher while remotely attending the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Her second year, she split time between her home village and the Fairbanks campus and would eventually earn a bachelor's and master's degree in education. She taught kindergarten for four and a half years at the Shishmaref School, and then high school math for another four and a half. And then she was promoted to assistant principal. She expected that it would be tough to supervise her colleagues, but she found that having a deeper knowledge of the community and the school was invaluable for the role. But overall, the sentiment and the feedback I got was, Ah, Mary, it's so good to have somebody who just gets it. Ah, it's so good to have somebody who understands. 
She worked there as assistant principal for two years before moving to Koyuk to be the principal. And then several years ago, a long-standing passion became central to her work when she was promoted to the coordinator of cultural programs for the Bering Strait School District. Culturally responsive education will be at the forefront of Huntington's work at Mount Edgecombe High School. She says it's usually misunderstood as cultural heritage or language courses, but for education to be truly culturally responsive, it goes beyond that. Culturally responsive education includes teaching math in a way that allows a student to reach their full potential because you know enough about the student and their identity and their heritage and how that all fits in together. But I think being more visible and more intentional um, with our heritage and identity will allow us to be much more quickly successful with the academic content all across the board. Huntington was hired by the State Board of Education earlier this month. She succeeds Janelle Vanoss, who's been named president of Alaska Pacific University. Mount Edgecombe academic principal Bernie Gurley also left after a 17-year career at the school. He'll be succeeded by Miranda Baca. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Southeast Alaska could be seeing a spell of warmer, drier weather over the next week. The National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement about a heat wave this weekend and into next week. Temperatures in the region are forecast to get into the 70s this weekend and possibly near 80 by next week. National Weather Service meteorologist Rick Fritsch in Juneau cautions that the term heat wave is a relative one. If you look at a heat wave in Arizona versus a heat wave in southeast Alaska, two hugely different animals. Still, sunny, hot, dry. The Weather Service is advising people to wear sun protection and drink plenty of fluids as they enjoy the summer conditions. But they're also reminding people not to leave children or pets in vehicles unattended and to check on those who are vulnerable. It's pretty common caution for the lower 48, but a little more unusual for the southeast rainforest. Fritch says the warmer temps could mean some rapid melting of mountaintop snow feeding waterways in the region. We are watching some of the uh, southeast Alaska watersheds Uh, pretty closely right now for uh, snowmelt in particular, and of course in other parts of southeast like the Taku River, uh, Mendenhall, uh, looking at the potential for uh, uh, yokelups, which this is the time of the year for that. So, you know, we've got our radar tuned for that right now. That's an Icelandic word for flooding from the release of an ice dam on a glacier, a phenomenon more typical in the Juneau area. Smoky haze from wildfires in the western part of Alaska could return with this drier weather. The warmer spell could last a week to 10 days. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. (music) 